This morning's reading is taken from the book of John, chapter 8, uh, verses 12 to 30. That's John, chapter 8, verses 12 to 30, and it's on page 1073 of the Church Bible. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light, life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But, he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have learned from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. May we pray as we begin. Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that today is Mission Sunday. Christ our Lord came to be light of the world. And Lord, through this church, we are seeing different parts of the world being affected by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. People being drawn back to you through gospel promulgation, through acts of love from above through your people. And so as I bring the word today, Lord, to see 
about Jesus, the light of the world, here in Brighton and Hove, and indeed abroad. I pray that you would uh, be with us, that you use me to be your mouthpiece this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I almost uh, got lost there. I want to thank my pastor, uh, Nick, for the invitation and uh, to be with you today. Uh, I almost got lost because I was heading there because I was speaking at a cathedral recently and I had to go higher up. Uh, and then I realized, actually, I'm not in the cathedral. I'm here <laughs> today. It does look like the cathedral is big enough. Uh, don't start the dial yet because... Um, I want to do a little deputational uh, bit, and then I'm going to get to the sermon. Uh, to give you a heads up, my sermon is not going to be expository, just to give you a heads up. It's not going to be textual. It's not going to be topical. It's going to be deputational. It's going to be a missionary-type sermon. Are we okay? We know where we're going? Awesome. So I'll do my little deputation then. So uh, off the fence, I actually started here. Did you know that? Right here. And I'm going to talk a little more about that in my message. But Off the Fence uh, has been working with the most vulnerable people in this city, the most in need, the homeless. Uh, and uh, on the 10th of um, uh, November, which is not far from now, we're going to be having the big sleep out at St. Peter's in Brighton. And we are encouraging a lot of people to be part of it, either online. If you don't want to get cold, you could do it online at home. You can donate that way. Or you could actually come and spend the night with us. Uh, apparently, I'm told as a CEO, I've got no choice. I've got to turn up uh, and say something and also sleep there. So I shall be looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, if you can help us, in all seriousness, homelessness in our nation has increased by 26% in the last year or so. 26%. Brighton and Hove is the second highest suicide in the nation, only second to Belfast. And a lot of people are dying also who are homeless here in this city, one of the highest in the country. The problem of homelessness is not going away. But we at Off the Fence exist actually to end social and spiritual poverty. We want to see something different happening. People are asking me, what, what, it, what does good look like? When I'm done with Off the Fence, what, would, what is that going to look like? And I said, well, when we don't have, when we're not doing anything we're, we're doing right now, when all the service we're currently doing uh, we've stopped doing because actually have uh, addressed the issues and the causes and there's no need for us to be in existence anymore. There will be need elsewhere, no doubt, but we can end homelessness one person at a time. Amen? One person at a time, we can do it. Now, you're not sure about that, but if you do, believe that it can be done, please continue to pray for us, volunteer with us, support us with whatever means you might have. Now you can start the diet. 
This is where the sermon starts. Okay, ready? I'm starting my dial. You start your dial. Okay? You know, what kind of church am I preaching to, brother? <laughs> These people give, give you no response. You know, if I was in a black church, you know, I'd be having a lot of response right now. <laughs> the white church just looking at me thinking, what, what's he doing? <laughs> I, I love you guys. You know, I've, I've lived with you guys for 35 years. I'm still trying to figure you out. <laughs> Is this water safe, brother? Can we share? Can we share water? Yeah, okay. Well, Lord, I'm, I'm praying that I survive <laughs> this uh, pulpit experience. John 8, verses 12 to 30. Thank you so much for that great reading, uh, sister. Uh, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. A key verse there, verse 12. Let me just repeat that again. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will walk, but will have, rather, the light of life. I am the light of the world. In Jesus' time, candles, giant menorahs, were used as part of the celebration of the Feast of Booths. During this feast, the rock that provided water in the wilderness and the pillar of fire that provided light and guidance were remembered. The rock pointed to Jesus, and he also is the light to which the pillar signifies. Jesus was standing close to this huge temple candle, declaring to be the ultimate light and witness, as indeed he is. The menorah was a shadow of the coming Messiah and his chosen witness to the world, the body of Christ, that is you and I. And it's great to see and hear how the body of Christ from here, back in the day of Bishop Huntington, as well as now, has gone out to the world to be witnesses for Jesus. Now, it is in reference to this that Jesus Christ comes forward and he declares, I am the light of the world. Not merely light to Israel as a nation, you might want to spare your moment to pray for the Middle East right now. I am ethnically Jewish, nationally British, and uh, African by birth. So I am watching what's going on there, praying. But Jesus did not just come for our people only. He came for all the people. He came for the world because he wanted the world to come to light and move away from darkness. That's why he came, to be the light of the world. And if I can just interject here and say, I am so thankful to Britain and the Western world to come to Africa. There was a challenge in Africa 
A lot of people who came to Africa as missionaries died because of a simple thing called the tsetse fly. But you carried on coming. And as a result, there are more Christians, percentage-wise, in Africa than anywhere else in the world. Is that a beautiful thing? Because you guys were committed to sharing the gospel. Bishop Huntington, uh, David Livingston, Vanderker, John Smith, they all came and dedicated their lives to sharing the gospel so that the light of the world, Jesus, could permeate that dark continent as you saw it. And I'm glad to see that uh, missionaries are coming from around the world now to Britain because Britain is no longer majority Christian. It's now confirmed. So we got a bigger task in Britain to promulgate the gospel to this nation so that darkness can be removed and the light of the world Jesus can permeate lives here. Now, what, what does it mean to be the light of the world? When Jesus said he's the light of the world, what does that mean? It means that there is no other light than him. There is no other way people could be saved but by Jesus Christ. It means, therefore, that all the world and everybody in it needs Jesus as the light of the world. People are telling us today that there are other ways of connecting with God. Let me just say to you quietly, just, just for us here. Now, you might think that I'm uh, shy and ashamed about saying that. I can say it loud, too. <laughs> Are you ready? I, I won't do it. I won't do it. I was, was going to give it to you loud. But you heard me, right? Hallelujah. Who did I say was the only light of the world, brother? Jesus Christ. The man who was fully God and fully man and will be forever. He had to be fully God because only God could forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. He had to be man because man wronged God and therefore needed to appease God for the wrongdoing, for the sins. And there's nobody qualified to be fully God and fully man and be so forever than Jesus Christ our Lord. There's only one man, Christ our Lord. So Jesus is the only light of this world. Isn't that a beautiful thing? There is nothing we need more in this world today than the light in our path. People are walking in darkness. We see it. This city is a decadent city. It needs Jesus. So are other cities, by the way. <laughs> in case you think you're, it's unique to Brighton, it's not. London is. Derby is. Uh, Switzerland is decadent. They all need Jesus, okay? Don't think you're unique and proud yourselves about being a decadent city. There's nothing to be proud about. We need Jesus everywhere. 
Many people do not have a reason for living anymore. Many don't have a purpose in life. Many are dying without meaning in their lives. But Jesus comes and says, I'm the light of the world. He's offering help to distinguish between that which is true and that which is false. That which is good and that which is bad. That which, is, uh, that which destroys life and that which gives life. Not only does Jesus give us light so that we can walk in the light and not in darkness, but more than that, not only will we walk in the light, but we will also be the light of the world. So his father is the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. By extension, the church, that is you and I, are the light of the world. Boy, you're not getting excited about that? <laughs> Brother, you need to do some deep work amongst this congregation. Jesus is the light of the world. It is called you and I to be the light of the world. So did you know that Jesus has no other option to promulgate the gospel on this earth other than the church, and that is you and I? There is no other way of communicating this gospel other than the church. What a privilege, but what a huge responsibility as well that Christ has given us. In other words, you and I as followers of the light, Jesus is saying he wants us to not just follow the light, but also to be the light. Turn around to your neighbor and say, Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world. Just do that. Practice that. Now, let me move to this Sunday, uh, this mission Sunday, this missionary Sunday, beautiful Sunday indeed. It was great to hear of all the parts of the world that the gospel is being shared, whether it's in an orphanage, whether it's in, a, in teaching uh, you know, pastors, or whether it's actually uh, in schools or helping those who are in schools share the gospel. Uh, it doesn't matter what context, whether it's amongst us with the vulnerable people, it doesn't matter what context it is, uh, uh, it's important that people hear the good news about Jesus Christ in whatever context they find themselves in. People need to hear the good news. So the overarching goal of this Sunday is to try and mobilize the church, that is you and I, to engage in mission outreach, whether we do it locally or globally, and to foster that sense of responsibility for sharing the message of Christ and providing practical help and support, thereby shine the light of Jesus. So off the fence, our partnership has been going on for a long time. In fact, it's been going on since the inception of off the fence. It started here 
The church was challenged here in this building about getting off the fence and doing something about the homeless in the city. Hence the name of the fence. Now, some people think that the government should be sorting out the homeless people. Others think that the church should do more about that. Others maybe think that there's a responsibility for businesses to do something. But let me tell you what. We need all sectors coming together in order to help with this challenge we have. But at the center of that, Jesus is ultimately the one who's going to resolve the issues. But he uses people like you and I, the church. So we started here. And we're so grateful to Bishop Hannington. A number of our staff, actually I can see one or two are here, uh, sitting together. You do this often or are you doing it for me? Um, <laughs> they, they, this is their spiritual home, and they, they're providing some incredible spiritual vitality in our city. Many of you support us financially, uh, and we thank you for that. Many of you pray for us fervently. Thank you. Many of us actually, and many of you volunteer as well, uh, which is incredible. Uh, now, I came here uh, one, uh, I can't remember, one afternoon, I can't remember which day it was, for some, uh, uh, what was it called, crossroads? Yeah, you know, I was, I was that's how we met. I was actually uh, I moved that day. You know, it was so simple. And I'm thinking, why didn't I think about this when I was doing youth development in Hackney, you know? So basically, hundreds of children came in, they got hot chocolate, and then they came through to where Lizzie and I were standing with the Bibles and uh, some kind of, I think we're doing some kind of, um, uh, what, what was it, uh, survey, in a way? And then they had some games to, to play, and then they walked out. I mean, the whole thing lasted, for, for most of them, probably less than two minutes, just in and out, in and out, in and out. But the beautiful thing about that is I saw a few of them who had come to where we were with the Bibles. Some of them said no initially to the Bibles, and a couple of them came back and took a Bible. And I was in tears because I thought, you know what? This is so beautiful because they're going to read that Bible and it's going to change them. Not only is it going to change them, it's going to change their families. I saw that happen in my life when I came to Christ as a teenager. I went back home, shared about Jesus to my family, and the entire family came to faith. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And we're doing it right here. And it was so simple. I mean, it, it, I mean anybody could do it with hot chocolate. <laughs> All you need is hot chocolate and some happy people. And bang, we're there. So uh, it reminded me, actually, of a story when I was in Scotland. I was at St. Ninians in Scotland, a place called Creef. And I was teaching uh, these, uh, I think they call them hires, basically what it means is you are in, uh, is, it, is it sort of secondary, uh, sort of uh, upper, what, what do you call it here? A-levels, yeah. But <laughs> that, that's what it is, A-levels. So they, they're that sort of level, right? So I was teaching them about Jesus Christ, and I never saw really anything uh, immediately happen until the wake of uh, Facebook. And then I got a, somebody found me and sent me a message 
directly messaged me saying, Julio, you don't have a clue who I am, but I was in at San Unions when he shared the good news about Jesus Christ way back in the 90s. I gave my heart to the Lord. I didn't tell anybody, but I've been faithfully going to church, faithfully serving Christ, and I just wanted to say thank you to you. So that work you're doing in schools, here in this building, promulgating the gospel is not going to waste. Now, I came across this. Apparently, Bishop Hannington's vision is to make disciples in Brighton and Hove and for the world. Uh, I couldn't quite understand the for the world part, so maybe you can explain to me, not now, but later. But <laughs> because, because English is a very confusing language. Uh, it's the most inconsistent language. It borrows a lot from other languages. And so when they say for the world, what does that actually mean? <laughs> right? We won't discuss it now. But the beautiful thing is you have a clear mission to make disciples. And I say hallelujah to that, to be intentional about making disciples. And together with our vision, which is to end social and spiritual poverty by restoring hope, empowering people and, uh, and resisting poverty through Christ, once all at a time. There's a dovetailing there that has been working so well for the past 25 or so years. We are called to be the light of the world as God the Father is the light of the world and Christ Jesus is the light of the world. And so we must follow. Now, how do we do that? Very briefly, I'm not gonna uh, explain on this, but I'm just going to state how we do it, and then I want to land. Is that okay? I might actually land early today. Yeah, I want to land early. It's going to be sudden landing. So I warn you now. How do we do that? We do it by actually our attitude and actions. We exhibit the qualities of Jesus Christ to the world. That's how we do it. By becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. That should be the desire for every believer. How do we become more like Jesus then? Becoming more like Christ is God's work. Let me just let that simmer a little bit. Becoming more like God is God's work. My wife and I went to Italy once. I've been to Italy since, but it's my first time in Italy. And uh, it was a package holiday. I hate package holidays. I booked one without knowing it was a package holiday. Anyhow, I ended up with all these English people. I mean, I love English people. But I actually wanted a break from them at that time. You understand me? <laughs> you understand me? I mean, I just wanted to be with the Italians, you know. I just wanted some chaos and some excitement uh, with Italians. <laughs> all this prim and proper stuff, all stiff upper lip. I'm fed up with that. I just wanted a break for 10 days, okay? So I, uh, I get to Italy, and I mean, firstly, we're on the plane. The whole plane are going to the same holiday. 
And then we get there, the two coaches are going to the same hotel. We get to the hotel, we're all there. All the excursions we're doing together, I'm thinking, this is, I'm not feeling this. Uh, God help me. <laughs> I love the English. They brought me to Christ. I thank you for them. But not on this holiday. <laughs> right? I'm just being honest, right? I said, Lord, I just want to break. I just want some Italians. I just want to eat some Pomodoro and mind my own business at the Amalfi Coast. Right? That's what I wanted. Anyhow, I wasn't actually wanting to be Christ-like at all. I wasn't wanting to share the light of Jesus. I just wanted to be on holiday. I just wanted to be. Right? Anyhow, at the end of this holiday, some chap comes to me by the bar. I was by the bar. Don't tell anybody about that either. And he says to me, there's something different about you and your wife. Is that your wife? I said, yeah. I said, something different about you. I'm thinking, dude, let's... Let's, let's not go there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not feeling this whole thing. <laughs> and uh, before we knew it, the whole, the entire package holiday was standing around the bar hearing the good news about our Lord Jesus Christ from my wife and I. <laughs> and I wasn't planning to share the good news. I wanted to be on holiday. So why am I saying it's God's work? Because Jesus in me, the hope of glory, was shining his radiance. To the people. I wasn't in the mood. But God was in the mood. <laughs> right? So here's the tension though. Now you're excited about that. It's God's work. But here is the tension. And this is where the sudden landing happens. It doesn't mean to say that we can sit back and just wait to be transported to heaven. Becoming more like Christ is also our responsibility. We do it through surrendering to God. We need to yield our lives daily to God. We do it be through becoming more and more free from sin. And we do it through spiritual growth. We must practice holiness. We must practice Christianity. We must want to grow in him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there for you. I'm not going to expand that. But here's where I want to finish. We are called to share the gospel. But more importantly than that, it's not what we say, it's how we live our lives. I don't know if you're hearing me. It's not what we say. Although what we say is important, we must be right. To live right, you've got to think right, right? And I love, one thing I love about this church is you're serious about the Bible. Because the Bible actually is our final authority. And we must align ourselves to the teachings of the Bible. So I love that. But it's not just us having the right theology. It's actually about us living right as well. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> it's about us living right. Light affects everything. It permeates truth into every situation. It's about true love. 
Let me pray, and then I think we're going to have some more prayer as I finish. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you that we as a church are the light of the world. I thank you, God, for the different areas that are represented here where the church has been effective in sharing the good news. And I pray, God, that you help us to continue to be faithful in this city and the surrounding area on actually sharing the good news of our Lord Jesus. Speak to us now, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Amen.